We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. finished up our inaugural Rotowire WNBA fantasy draft. Uh, we have a nice deal with ESPN. They're, they're really pushing the WNBA fantasy game for the first time this season. Our man, Chris Benzine, has been all over it, doing rankings, projections, articles. Uh, and that actually had a pretty good time, you know, running through that WNBA draft. And we're going to play out the league. Um, you know, n- nice to be back in the saddle because we won't be doing NBA drafts uh, for another, what, four or five months. Yeah, it's good to, to get another draft in. It will... You know, as it, it, like part of the reason fantasy is nice is because it will help you learn certain players. Like, if you want to learn more about baseball, do a baseball draft. If you want to learn more about WNBA, do that. So, yeah. I mean, we cover it for, for a living, not to the extent that like you know Chris does and and other guys of the company. But um, it will be nice to actually have stakes to some extent of our coverage. Yeah, yeah, big time. And it's very cool actually to see ESPN pushing it as much as they have uh, because I, I think there is an untapped market there. You know, it's, it's never going to reach fantasy football or, or even fantasy baseball level of popularity, but um, you know, it's a great way obviously to, to kind of push more people to stay engaged with the league. Uh, but, but I, I'm excited. We got a lot to get to some news items for the play in tournament, uh, a couple games, of course, tipping off tonight, beginning with that Cavs and net showdown uh, with the seven seed on the East or in the East, I should say on the line. Uh, well, we'll talk a little bit about some of the updated odds up at the DraftKings Sportsbook. There are a ton of ways to bet the playoffs, and you'll find those at, at really any book. Uh, but we'll start to look ahead at, at the updates in title odds, some of the series odds that are posted. Um, I, I, I want to talk to you about the the easiest path to the finals uh, now that we have most of the field set in each conference. But uh, we'll back up and we'll start with some of the bigger news items of the day. And we have two very cryptic, very important injury updates regarding Stephen Curry and Luka Doncic. And really, man, at this point, I would not be surprised if one or maybe even both of those guys are unavailable to begin their respective series. It's tough, man. Um, uh, the Steph Curry update is concerning. Um, I, <laughs> I, if you, if you have any sort of bet on the Warriors, I mean, I, I there was a point in the year where people are like, Oh, the, like the Warriors, might do it. I, I think a lot of people probably place bets on them at some point. Uh, this is tough, man. I I don't I don't know because they're starting off against Denver. If Curry's not healthy for that, I think Jokic. I mean, Jokic might tear them apart anyway. But um, I it, they don't stand a chance if Curry's not healthy. You know, Jordan Poole's been amazing. Like we have to give credit to Jordan Poole. He's been he's been pulling up Steph Curry type numbers, but. Uh, you, you're going to need them both if you want to win that series. 
Yeah, I, I feel like this has gone undercover, right? Like a month ago when Curry went out, he like the last thing I remember hearing from him was he was trying to speak into existence that he would return before the end of the regular season. And the regular season, uh, just so you know, ended on Sunday. And Stephen Curry did not play in any of the Warriors' final games. There's been virtually no update until today. And, and even today's update is something of a non-update. And I, I think with both uh, Curry and Doncic, there is a little bit of gamesmanship. I don't think either team wants to tip their hand, uh, you know, when we're, we're still like four or five days away from those series tipping off. But this is a massive, massive, massive concern for Golden State. Right. Because I think if Stephen Curry is not – Obviously, if he's not playing, you know, I'm picking Denver in that series. And, and if he's, you know, if he's not at 100%, I think that makes it maybe more of a true 50-50. And that's even with, you know, it's sounding like we're not going to see Michael Porter or Jamal Murray at any point this season. That was the big thing for me was like, you know, if those guys came back, uh, Denver was, was kind of in that Clippers territory of this, this sleeping giant that is missing, you know, two of his three best players. Even without that, the Warriors just have not been the Warriors without Stephen Curry. Uh, and, and obviously that's been the case for the last decade. And even if Curry does come back and, and he looks like himself, I, I, I think there's still some concern with the fact that Curry, Clay, and Draymond have played less than two games together since the end of the 2019 finals. Um, you know, trying to, to kind of rekindle that chemistry on the fly in a do or die series against a good team in Denver. I, I it's kind of amazing to me, like how far the warriors have fallen. And obviously injuries are the main reason, but this team was like, you know, what at the what 30, 40 game mark, they were the odds on favorite. Curry was running away with the MVP. And, you know, the way that the narrative is completely flipped over the second half is astonishing. Yeah, I mean, once Curry hit that three-point record, his season just kind of fell off. Um, very like harsh. Um, a very harsh point in time after that for his like efficiency. I just flipped open the the Warriors numbers, their their point differential with Curry off the court. But Poole, Draymond, and Clay on the court. And that crew has played 343 possessions together for a minus 16 per 100 possession point differential. Like truly bottom of the barrel NBA <clears throat> caliber numbers um, with Curry off the court and those three guys on. So, listen, I mean, playoffs are, are different, but... Uh, I would. I they just can't win that series without Curry. Uh, the fact the fact that his update is like could return to practice soon, <laughs> like he might be able to try to be on the court soon is the potentially. Not great. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, right. And I, yeah, you'd like to think if there was if the situation was more encouraging, you'd think they would put out a more encouraging update. Uh, like the Warriors have never really been one of those teams that's been super cagey. With their injury updates, I mean, they they ruled James Wiseman out well before they ever needed to do that. Um, so that, that tells me that there's some real worry uh, about Curry's status here. So, it, again, I feel like this has gone a little bit undercovered. Um, and then on the Dodgers front, you know, if you watch that, like, I don't even like to say this out loud because of how bad it would be. But, like, I thought there was a chance he might have torn his Achilles with how that injury looked. You know, kind of non-contact, the way he just, like, immediately started reaching for the bottom of the calf. Uh, and thankfully, it looks like it is just a, a run-of-the-mill calf strain if you will, but I don't know. I mean, like that's still an injury that could oftentimes cause guys to miss two or three weeks. Uh, so in that way, you know, the fact that Dallas is above the play in tournament and they do get uh, essentially an extra six days before their series begins, that is nice, but uh, kind of in the same boat as Curry, like even if Doncic is back for game one or he's back for game two, I mean, the chances that he's 100% and I, I think Dallas almost needs him more than Golden State needs Curry with how much they rely on him. You know, if, if he's going through game one or game two of that series at 75, 80%, I, I think that's enough for me where it, it probably tips things in favor of Utah. Yeah, I mean, um, wasn't, am I remembering this wrong, or wasn't Kevin Durant's injury in the finals a calf injury before he tore his Achilles? It was a calf injury, and then he came back and, and tore it, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Bad vibes. Um, yeah, bad. I mean, I, I, uh, I think... So obviously the Warriors have more organizational like clout and competence than the Mavericks do, but I still I think the Mavericks. I mean this year they're very well coached. I think we have to give Jason Kidd credit. They they've also been pretty good. Like the the Jalen Brunson lineups have been pretty good. He's done a very good job. I mean people are talking about. He's going to get a max contract, whether or not that's true. The fact that he's in that discussion 
I think is warranted partially by how well they still manage to play when Doncic is off the court. So I, I actually think the Warriors might be hurt more than the Mavericks. Um, but, you know, and, but, you know, neither of these teams are going up against like, you know, the, the Warriors are going up against Denver and obviously Jokic is amazing in the MVP, but it's not like everyone else on Denver is that great. And then the, the Mavericks are going up against Utah, who is just like, I, I have no idea what to think about them. In theory, they're a very good team. Like they've proven to be good before, but it's like come playoff time, they just, it just things just keep falling apart for them. Like Phoenix decim- like came down from like 15 points back the other day. Yep. Uh, maybe that's more of a Chris Paul thing than Utah thing, but yeah. I mean, we saw this team lose to the Clippers who lost Kawhi Leonard I know. to yeah. a torn ACL. So yeah, it, maybe in some weird way, this is almost like putting more pressure on the Jazz. Like let's, let's say Doncic <laughs> just ruled out for the first three games of the series. It's like, if you're Utah, it's like, oh my God, now, like, we absolutely have to win these games now. Um, but yeah, no, I think, I think you're right. Maybe I went a little too far. Like I, I don't think if those guys miss a game or two to begin a series, it's not curtains. Um, like, it, like which of those teams do you think would have a better chance? Like let's just use the hypothetical and say Curry misses the entire round one. Doncic yeah. misses the entire round one. Which team do you think has a better chance to advance in that scenario? Uh, Dallas. I think Dallas. Um, and, and is that just a hedge against Utah? Because look, I like Jalen Brunson too. I don't think he's a max guy, but it, it's a little bleak like that. You're, you're relying an awful lot on, you know, Jalen Brunson and Spencer Dinwiddie yeah. to, to essentially win you that series against a team that, for as shaky as they've been, has like two All NBA guys in Mitchell and Gobert. Um, it's sort of a hedge. I, I mean, just first of all, like on the surface, the the numbers with the the Mavericks numbers without Doncic are infinitely better than the uh, Warriors numbers without Curry. So, I mean, some of that's going to come down to like shooting percentage luck, stuff like that. I also just think Dallas this year has proven to be like. They've defended extremely well. I don't think they'll be easy to go against. Like they're they're a scrappy defensive team. That helps. Um, you know, I think um I, I, I don't know, man. And then at the other hand, you're you know, they Utah doesn't have like Donovan Mitchell has played like an MVP in his past two playoff series or the past two years of playoffs that he's been in. But I'm obviously I'm still way more scared of Jokic, even though Utah is a more balanced team. Um, the, the Nuggets finished with only one fewer win than Utah, despite the lack of a, you know, a great cast around them. So I think it's the just the combination of the numbers with Curry and, and Curry, uh, Curry and Doncic off the court combined with kind of mm-hmm. the, who they're going up against. All right. We got a two game slate in the NBA tonight, play in matchups between the seven and eight seeds in both conferences. Let's make some picks on monkey knife fight. You can use our promo code RWNBA. That'll get you a free $10 NBA contest ticket. You can go on Monkey Knife Fight and use that to win cash tonight. All right, we're going to a two-by-two contest tonight. So we're looking at 3.6x our buying amount if we go two-for-two on our picks. And we're going to use the two biggest names on this slate. We're going to start with Kevin Durant. 32.5 points is his more or less. The Nets, of course, going up against the Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm on the fence about this one, but I think I'm going to lean toward less. Uh, obviously, Katie capable of going over that number on any given night, but the Nets have climbed to nine and a half point favorites in this game. They will have Seth Curry back. They will have Goran Dragic back. That line implies that you know maybe the odds makers see them running away with this game in the second half, and we don't have KD playing like 43 minutes. Obviously, Kyrie Irving going to be a big factor. I think he could get 30 plus tonight. Uh, the Nets should be able to win this game without Durant having to play too much hero ball. Keep in mind, KD went under this number in three of his last four games to conclude the regular season. So I'm going less. I don't feel great about it, but we're going less on 32 and a half for Kevin Durant. That brings us to the late game, the Clippers going up against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Paul George, 28 and a half points is his line on Monkey Night Fight. I'm going more here. Uh, as reliant as the Nets are on Kevin Durant, uh, the Clippers might be even more reliant on Paul George. He played five games before the end of the season, should be pretty much fully back up to speed at this point. Minnesota's been fantastic on offense. They've been the number one offense in basketball since January 1st, but still not a fantastic defense. Good, not great on that end of the court. They have a few guys to throw at Paul George, but I think the Clippers make a point to get Paul George going early in this game. 
I think we could see him play close to, if not exceed, 40 minutes. Should take 20-plus shots. Uh, encouragingly, he got to the line a bunch after returning from that long injury absence. And more than anything, the Clippers are going to go hard here. They do not want to fall to the potential eight spot and be looking at a matchup against the Phoenix Suns. So I think we see a pretty explosive night from Paul George. I think the Clippers give the Timberwolves everything they can handle in this one. So to recap, we're going less on 32.5 for Kevin Durant. We're going more on 28.5 points for Paul George. There we go. We go two for two. We're looking at 3.6x our buying amount. And make sure you're using our promo code RWNBA. You'll get that free $10 NBA credit on Monkey Knife Fight. So the Warriors, you know, Curry situation aside, are, are not viewed as, you know, quite as ferocious of an opponent as we thought they were around midseason. But I think Dallas, prior to the Doncic injury, was, was viewed as that potential team that could sneak through. And all of a sudden, you know, we're looking at a, you know, a really close series uh, would be in round two at, you know, against the Phoenix Suns. But you know, I, I think both of these injuries open things up maybe even more for the Phoenix Suns. Um, you know, the East is is now kind of the old West. And like, I, I can't remember, I was trying to go through like, when is the last time that things have been lined up so perfectly for one team in, in a specific conference <laughs> as they are right now yeah. for the Phoenix Suns? And I, I think I settled on like back in 2014-15. So LeBron's first year back in Cleveland after leaving Miami. Um I mean, the East was was really, really weak at that point. You know, the Heat were, were obviously no longer the Heat. Dwayne Wade was, was getting injured. Um, you know, there, there really wasn't another challenger to that Cavs team in the East. And then in the West, you had, you know, the 73-win Warriors. No, I'm sorry, I'm looking at 2015-60. You had the 73-win Warriors, the 67-win Spurs, which are, you know, very much forgotten about because of what Golden State did. You had the, the Thunder, who were still very much a factor. That was when KD was there. The Clippers were still in their heyday with Chris Paul. Um, you know, Portland was up and coming like it, that, that to me kind of feels like how the East feels now, whereas the Cavs just had this ultra clear path, you know, to waltz their way back to the NBA finals. And it really feels like that's how it's shaping up right now for the Phoenix Suns. Like it's almost impossible, you know, barring an injury on the Phoenix side, it's almost impossible for me to imagine them getting tripped up. I agree with you, man. Um, I, I, you can still get them plus 110 to win the conference. Um, that's on DraftKings. Uh, I I would do that. I I, I agree, man. Because you know they're going to go up against in the second round. They're going up against Dallas or Utah. Um, I very both beatable teams, and then they're probably they're going to go up against Memphis. I mean, they're, I mean, like, even if Denver advances, I don't know. Denver Memphis is going to be an interesting series. I. I'm just with you, man. I think they're, I think they're just gonna just cruise through. Um, there's a chance they lose like what two games on the way to the two three games on the way to the um, Western Conference Finals or on the way to the NBA Finals. Sure, I should sure. say. I mean, you're looking at a pretty advantageous matchup. I think the you know the one potential pitfall is like if you end up playing the Clippers or the Timberwolves in the one eight. You know, I, I don't know that that's a guaranteed sweep. I think both of those teams have enough to to maybe steal a game. But you're, you're probably not looking at a super tough series there. You know, it's not a pushover, but it's somewhere in the middle. And, you know, if, if you're asking me straight up, like Suns versus Team X, I would say there are, given what we know right now, especially about the Warriors, there are at least five teams in the East that I would say have a better chance to push or beat the Suns than any other team in the West. You know, I think you, you start comparing like, you know, the Sixers and the Grizzlies or, you know, maybe Miami and Memphis, like that, they could get a little closer, but I mean, I think I think Miami, Milwaukee, Boston, Philly, and Brooklyn all have a better chance to beat the Suns than Memphis or Golden State or Dallas or Utah or Denver. I think so. Yeah, I, I think you're right about that. Um, and maybe that's some disrespect to Memphis because the Grizzlies have a better record than every team I just named out of the East. I know, but for I, I think I'm with you where it's like for some reason I just don't I don't quite believe it yet. Even though they continue to just prove me wrong, like night after night, Morant goes out, it doesn't matter, they continue to win. Um you know, I, I just I some of it's like I feel like I haven't it, it's they're hard to pick because you haven't like seen it yet. Dylan, mm -hmm. you know, like last year, they were great against the Warriors. Um they they pushed the Jazz, even though I mean I think they only won one game against the Jazz, right? But I feel like they pushed them. Um, I think they Morant, won game one, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Morant clearly wasn't scared going up against Gobert. Dylan Brooks had an awesome series, and he's been back for a while for them. And then if I, 
the I feel like I continue to disrespect them for almost no reason other than they only have one star player who um I, I don't think you can like necessarily game plan against him, but I think it's just if you manage to shut him off, mm-hmm. it's gonna be tough for them, even though they even though again they've proven to be able to play well without him. Um it's it's hard for me to explain why I just don't quite think they'll really challenge Phoenix yet. Yeah, it's really hard to find a comparison for a team like this because, you know, I was thinking like, well, do they remind me of like the Lowry DeRozan Raptors where you're like, yeah, I like the pieces. You have these these guys who are both playing really well. They're deep. They have some young guys that you like. But at the end of the day, um, you know, there was, there was plenty of evidence, especially by the time we got to like 2016, 2017, 2018, as to what was going to happen. Like the counter argument for the Grizzlies is like, look, we've never been here before. Like you can't say we're going to come up short because we haven't done that. But the counter argument to the counter argument is, well, we also haven't seen you win a playoff series with this group. So it, it's kind of a prove it scenario for me with Memphis. But yeah, I mean, I, the, the rest of the conference is stacking up well for them, I think, to make a run. You know, we're talking about how Golden State is weakened. Dallas could potentially be weakened. Um, you know, not only is the road opening up for Phoenix, I think, to get back to the finals, but it's potentially opening up for Memphis to also meet Phoenix in the Western Conference. I, I mean, I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, because they're gonna they're gonna get through that first round series um, pretty confident in that, and then you know they're I, I feel like they beat the Warriors. Um, it's tough, you know. Steph Curry can always go nuclear if he's available, mm-hmm. and then if they play Denver, I feel like Denver is pretty beatable. I mean, Denver talk about you know having no options, uh, you, you know, around Jokic. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it's I think it's. Right now, I do think it is shaping up for Western Conference just to be like the one and the two seed between Phoenix and Memphis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I don't want to keep like dogging on Memphis, but like I, I wouldn't be shocked if Memphis gets pushed by Minnesota or the Clippers in round one. You know, just just kind of a you know, neither team I guess has kind of been in that situation. You know, the, this version of the Clippers without Kawhi. Um, you know, Minnesota and and this version of the Grizzlies basically have the same level of playoff experience, right? Um, obviously Memphis has the regular season track record to back it up, but I wouldn't be shocked, you know, if they, they don't run through, um, you know, their, their way to the Western conference, despite their record, I, I want to take a look at the, the paths in the Eastern conference, which it's going to depend what happens tonight, largely, uh, in that first game between the Nets and the Cavs. But I mean, if the Nets win and again, they're, they're heavy favorites, that number climbed up to, to nine and a half, I think it's down to Nets minus nine right now at DraftKings, but if they finish at the seven, uh, we're, we're of course looking at Brooklyn, Boston, Milwaukee gets the three in that scenario. I think things set up really, really well for the Miami heat who then get the winner of Philly, Toronto. Uh, and they also get a, a pretty advantageous first round matchup, right? I mean, you're talking either the Cav, the Hawks or the Hornets, which in this Eastern conference is as easy as it gets. So you have a, a very winnable first round series in my mind you know, two teams that have pretty defined weaknesses in, in Philly and Toronto in round two, and then you're dodging all but one of Milwaukee, Boston, and Brooklyn. And again, that's the scenario with the Nets winning tonight and getting the seven. Yeah. Um, they they have the easiest easiest path in the East for sure, especially especially if they end up with a Charlotte in the first round, um, mm-hmm. which would be hilarious. Yeah, you can get you can get them at they have the they're tied with Boston at plus four twenty five for to win the Eastern Conference, uh, which I think if you're just considering like who am I betting for value based on easiest path, I think it's just it's the Heat. Um, yeah, I, I I'm that second round series will be tough. I think between Philly and Toronto, I mean they at least have Bam to deal with Embiid. Um, and they have Butler to presumably put on Harden. So I think, I think that's good for them. Um, Toronto, I mean, they should be able to beat Toronto, but they continue. I mean, Toronto is one of the best coach teams in the league. They're scrappy. They play tough defensively. They space the floor. They're all, they're passing all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, their, their path is definitely the easiest. I will say, and, and there's a little bit of extrapolation to be done. It, it's not a you know perfect reading here, but the the scenario with the lowest odds when you're looking at the Sixers Raptors series, um, like the exact series score. So you know, like Sixers win in seven or whatever. Sixers in seven is the most likely outcome according to the odds. That's at plus three forty. Um, and keep in mind, at plus three fifty is the Sixers in five. Um, so it's it's not like this is viewed as just a you know a fifty fifty type of series, but. 
I, I think Toronto's going to push Philly. You know, I, I think especially if the Raptors can take one of the first two games at Philly, Philly then has to go to Toronto without Matisse Thibel. Um, and I don't want to make Matisse Thibel sound like he's like <laughs> 1997 Michael Jordan, but that's kind of a big deal, right? It's, it's a distraction. It's, it's a big deal. It's your, definitely your best defender and somebody who you would absolutely want to have specifically against this Raptors team that has all these wings. Um, like, I, I don't know. I, I think especially if Philly drops one of those first two, things are going to get really tight when that heads to Toronto and, and the pressure turns up. I mean, you have an all-time bad playoff performer in James Harden. You have the James Harden of coaches in Doc Rivers. Um, <laughs> like you, you could just totally see that whole scenario unfolding. Yeah, I mean, um, if we're talking about what teams have the pressure on them, Philly, Philly has as much pressure on them in the East as like Utah does in the West, right? I, I think so, but I, I think the key difference is that at this point, is there anybody who really thinks like it's title or bust for the Jazz? Like if you if you think the Jazz are going to win the title this year, good for you. You know that's that's all well and good. That's not going <laughs> to happen. Like there are there are a lot of people that have legit title expectations for the Sixers team, including the Sixers themselves, yeah. including that front office. So like, you know, I, I think like if Boston plays Brooklyn and loses, it's like, all right, we had a great season. We got a really tough draw. We just got beat by two of the best players in the world. Um, right. This is a, like, if, especially if Philly were to lose in round one, like if Philly makes the conference finals and loses to Milwaukee or loses to Brooklyn or whoever, you know, you, you call it what it is. You, you just, just a really stacked conference. But I, I think you, you have a series that's just losable enough that there's going to be enough pressure where they have to play well or the panic meter is just going to keep rising with each passing game. Yeah. If you think about like, you know, the teams with like, what, what are their possible excuses or um, Philly? It's, it's tough for them because they do have the talent, right? Like, I don't think there's anybody. I don't know who doesn't believe that they have NBA championship talent on the roster between James Harden and Bede. And not a bad supporting cast. I mean, Tobias Harris and and uh, Tyrese Maxey as your number three of as your number three and four options is pretty good. That's really give good. It, it. Yes. So, like, if you what do you even say if you lose to Toronto? Like, what? Like, what is your? It's the excuse? same. It's the same thing that they said when they had Jimmy Butler and they had JJ Redick. I, I honestly, I don't really remember what the excuse was back then. I don't know. Embiid's banged up. I, I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. And it, and it feels like. I don't know. Most people I've talked to, like, I think a couple weeks ago, maybe, maybe even three or four weeks ago when Harden was playing really well, when he first got there, you know, it was like, man, this Philly team, they're going to be really tough. And I don't, I, I feel like everything you listen to and everything you hear is Milwaukee, Boston, Miami, and the Nets. Like those are the teams to worry about. And it, it feels like Philly is definitely in that discussion, but you don't really hear them mentioned as the team that anyone fears most anymore. Yeah. Um, well, and this is just complicated by the fact that Philly basically has to make a decision on a James Harden extension, which I assume is basically already in place. Um, but yeah, I think so. I uh, I love that they're going up against Toronto specifically be- because Toronto being coached by Nick Nurse, it's kind of a bizarre team on the floor because they play so small. There's so many wings. Those wings are super versatile. But obviously Nick Nurse, this has been documented a ton, is just not afraid to experiment. He's almost like the Ty Lue of the East where it's like, yeah, he'll play a box in one against Curry. doesn't matter. You know, maybe they'll do like what the Bucs used to do against Harden and probably still would do, which is just just sit on his his left hand. Right. Just don't like do not let him go left. Like guard him from like literally next to him if if you have to. Uh, I'm sure they'll double and beat all the time um, mm-hmm. and make him make those tough passes. And uh, so I think it will be really interesting to see like one of the best uh, a, a game to game quarter to quarter adjusters and Nick nurse, who's willing to try a ton of stuff versus doc rivers, who very often just slams his head against the wall and hope things start to work because he just has talent on the roster. Mm-hmm. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So I'm looking at the DraftKings series prices, which is essentially the money line for who wins the series. Philly's minus 180, Toronto plus 150. That is the tightest by far of the four series that we have locked in. Golden State, minus 250, Denver, plus 210. Utah, interestingly, minus 280, Dallas, plus 210. That to me implies that something or somebody knows something not good about the yeah. Dodgers, calf. Uh, and then we have Milwaukee, minus 1,000 uh, against <laughs> the Bulls. I mean, I... <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to like talk bad about the Bulls fun season, but like pretty amazing that two months ago, I think this would have been viewed as like a knockdown drag out great series. And now it's just like, yeah, bucks in four or five. No question. Well, they can't defend anybody. And, uh, you know, everyone knows about their record against top teams, which is awful. I don't remember the the Bucks are a particularly bad matchup for them too. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Williams is going to get the Giannis assignment. Uh, I feel sorry for him. Poor man. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, Lopez and, you know, I, I don't know, man. I don't even know what they're going to do. Yeah, Vucevic and, is going to stretch the floor, which is at least a little interesting, making, you know, like the Lopez come out. But at the same time, the Bucks just decimated the Bulls the other day. Lopez went for like a season high 28 points or something. So it just, yeah, um, could easily be a sweep. Um, you know, you're, if you're going to bet on that series, just bet on, a series correct score, total games, yep. um, something like that. So looking at the NBA title odds or the conference winner odds, whichever you prefer, is there is there a certain value that you like most? I, I think you you mentioned it earlier with the Suns at plus 110. I, I do not see that number climbing any higher between now and mid-June. I think this is the best value you're going to get. Um, yeah, still Milwaukee at plus 250. I mean, both of these teams are – have the lowest odds in their respective conferences, but I still think those are pretty decent odds. Is there any other bet that you like that jumps out? It, it, it kind of feels to me like there's not, there's not a true long shot that, that we could be keeping an eye on right now, given the developments with Doncic, especially. Um, I mean, we, you know, we talked about, we both think Suns and Grizzlies have uh, like strong paths. And you can just you could just bet Suns Grizzlies to make the Western Conference Finals that play each other at plus two sixty five, um, which I think is is kind of interesting there. Like if you're just playing the paths, you know, um, I I think that makes sense. Same same thing for the East. I mean, if you want to just go like, uh, you know, like if you're just picking basically sides of the bracket, mm-hmm. you know, Bucks are going to get through the first round. I think I think they would beat Boston or Brooklyn. So you could just go ahead if you want to bet Bucks Heat Eastern Conference Finals. That's plus three fifty. Yeah, that's not bad. That's, that's the one I'm looking at too. I mean, you could you could do Nets Heat at plus five hundred. You could do Celtics Heat at plus five fifty. Um, I, I think I'm starting to feel really good about Miami, and this is assuming that the Nets win tonight, which to me is not a lock, is it? I mean, how how confident are you that Brooklyn gets this done and, and grabs a seven? Uh. Pretty confident. I I think, you know the 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 Cavaliers like main advantage like their their kind of bread and butter is their like rim protection, right? Even even without Jared Allen, it's like well we got Mobley protecting the rim. That doesn't really matter when you're going up against Brooklyn because they just no. shoot fifty percent on mid range jumpers. So they're going to just launch a ton of threes. And if they burn you, like if you try to funnel the nets towards the rim, which I think is the right thing to do, they're just going to shoot. They're going to kill you with mid-range jumpers. Like Durant and Irving are unstoppable there. Uh, They're just going to commit Bruce Brown to using all of his energy to guard Darius Garland. Um, I, you know, they're, and the Cavs aren't even a good rebounding team, right? They're a bad defensive rebounding team. Yep. And you have one of the best offensive rebounders in the NBA on Brooklyn and Andre Drummond. So I, I just think 
Nets are going to end up with a ton of extra possessions. Those get funneled to the best mid-range shooters, which doesn't, you know, I, I'm pretty confident the Nets are going to win. Uh, so counterpoint, there was a story on cleveland.com today that Darius Garland has been attached at the hip to Rajon Rondo. And Rondo has been mentoring him heading into this play-in. And Garland thinks they're wow. going to win. So does that change your opinion? Um, that actually makes me, I, my opinion is now stronger. Actually, I, I'm more firmly entrenched in my belief than ever. Uh, speaking of Rondo, by the way, I saw someone throw out like a like a semi hot take that LeBron would want Rondo to coach the Lakers, and like sadly, oh I, I feel I feel like there's like a 15 percent chance that that could happen. Uh, yeah, yeah, it feels, yeah, it, I'd rather have Mark Jackson. Uh, well, yeah, probably. All right, let's get to. Uh, five importantly on a team like Phoenix, you have two guys who could very easily win this award for very different reasons. Um, but we, we have Devin Booker installed as the finals MVP favorite heading into the postseason. He's at plus 550, Giannis six to one. Uh, I'm not going to read all the odds, but in order, the next few are Chris Paul, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, John Morant, Joel Embiid, Jason Tatum, Kyrie, uh, and Jimmy Butler. Those 10 are all under 20 to one. And then, of course, a host of names with higher odds. It all makes sense. You know, it, I, I think it's somewhat hard to to find value here, mostly because of the history of how finals MVP goes. I mean, there are a few very notable exceptions. For example, I, I have no idea what Andre Iguodala's final, finals MVP odds were in 2015 heading into the playoffs. You probably could have got him at like, I don't know, 70 to one. And if you did, good for you. But overwhelmingly, it's the best player on the team that ends up winning the finals, right? And that limits the field, um, it, you know, pretty severely. So I, I mean, to me, I don't know if I would bet anybody other than Booker, Giannis, Chris Paul, or Kevin Durant. I mean, maybe you could throw in a, a sprinkle on Jason Tatum at 15 to one, if you're, if you're really high on the Celtics. But I think once you get beyond that group of 10 that I read at the top, like I, it, in what scenario is Jalen Brown winning finals MVP, you know, like how, like how much would he have to outplay Jason Tatum? And, you know, the Celtics are obviously winning the title in that scenario. Like, you kind of start to talk yourself into circles and, and there's really only so many guys that have a legitimate chance. I don't, I, I don't like the Booker bet. Um, I, 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 the, the Booker versus Chris Paul thing. I feel like you're, you're, you're splitting votes. Yes. Um, I would lean Chris Paul. Yeah. I think it's better value. I just think it's a bad bet. Honestly, like I, I, the, the Devin Booker, you know, Devin Booker is going to get MVP votes. Um, he's going to end up, very high on all NBA. It's kind of bizarre because um, I feel like all of the discourse around, you know, uh, for years now or the past two years, what's what the difference in the Suns have been was Chris Paul coming to the team. And all everybody does is praise Chris Paul and how good he's helped make the team and how well he's playing and how he dominates the game and he's a he's a floor general, and he's just amazing, and he's the difference maker. But then anytime anyone talks about any award, it's like, oh well, Devin Booker. Like, oh, who's gonna who's gonna, who gets the MVP votes for someone's got, someone on Phoenix has to get MVP votes because they have you know because they have sixty four wins. Oh, it's Devin Booker. But anytime anyone just like in general talks about the Suns, they're like, well, Chris Paul has done there has been awesome. So I don't really get like what's happening mm -hmm. there. I don't get why we're suddenly, yeah. I don't get why that's a, a thing. Well, this um, is how I feel about Monty Williams coach of the year. Um, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe can we bet him to win finals MVP? Maybe they'll give him that too. Um, I, I, I mean, I think it's Chris Paul just because I feel like we had this exact same discussion last year, right? Where I, I think it's a, a lifetime achievement award for Chris Paul. Like Chris Paul winning the finals right. is a bigger deal than Devin Booker winning the finals, given their ages, even though Devin Booker has taken a leap even from last year. And I think has, has been, more important to this team than he was a season ago when he was still very important then. Um, but I, I think the fact that they got there and lost, Chris Paul was banged up again. Uh, you're almost doubling down on last year's narrative where I think Booker could have the better numbers, but I think the narrative is going to be so strong in favor of Chris Paul that if the Suns win, I, I think that's where most voters lean. You know, as long as it's not a massive washout and Chris Paul, like if Chris Paul averages 12 points a game and eight assists and kind of struggles, but they win and Devin Booker averages 38 a game on 55% shooting, like in that scenario, he's going to win, but you also have to think like if Phoenix is knocking off a really good team to win the finals and avenge last season's loss, Chris Paul is probably going to play really well in that series. 
Yeah, I think people are people are just assuming, yeah, if someone's gonna have a big series that's gonna be Devin Booker, uh maybe. I, I don't know. Like Chris Paul could also average like 19 and 13. Why is that mm-hmm. so crazy? With like two and a half steals. Uh and like two turnovers because he's right. he's been like 10 assists and two turnovers all year. So it's like again, I just wouldn't I wouldn't bet either of those two for finals MVP right now because I feel like that there's like a 50-50 chance that either one of them wins. Like I feel like there's just not value. It's like you're yeah. you're comparing that to betting like Giannis. I, what's the scenario that like there's Chris, no scenario. Uh, Chris Middleton or Drew Holiday, like it's po- like it's possible. Yeah. Same with like Curry. Like I would rather bet Curry than Devin Booker or Chris Paul, just because if the Warriors win the finals, it's just going to be because of Steph Curry. Like people are going to say, oh, well, maybe Clay Thompson goes off. I, uh, maybe, but it's not like yeah. it, 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 they're not 50 50 uh, in the same way, you know, running the team and uh, as like Chris Paul and, and Devin Booker. It would be very, very funny, however, if the Warriors win, Steph gets his fourth ring and somehow goes 0 for 4 on finals MVPs. Yeah, man. That I don't see be... that happening. I mean, it's, it's happened once without Kevin Durant on the roster, uh, but that was a unique scenario where that Cavs team, you know, had its second and third best players, didn't play in the finals. Del, Del Vidova was in the hospital halfway through the series. <laughs> um, like that, that's, that's probably not happening again. I don't love Curry at 11 to one. I'd like a little bit longer odds for me to take that. Um, you know, the, the one guy further down who does jump out um, and I, I, I don't love this. And I, I think these odds are actually very responsible given the circumstances. I think this guy could be listed at 20 to one based on name value. And it's interesting that he's not, but James Harden's at 45 to one. I know he has the same odds as Chris Middleton. He has James Harden has worse odds to win finals MVP than Marcus Smart or Kyle Lowry or Tyler Hero or DeAndre Ayton like that or Donovan Mitchell has higher odds than Harden like I, I get the logic that this is Embiid's season it's Embiid's team if they win he's getting it and I agree with that but I mean James Harden is the guy that has the MVP he's the guy that has multiple top five top three finishes in regular season MVP um I, I don't know I mean like it, there's maybe like if you really want to stretch it and you, you want to say that James Harden re- completely reverses everything that he's done to his you know in his career to date and has right. this like amazing final series and, you know, bucks the narrative that he's not a great playoff player. Uh, you know, maybe you could spin that yarn, but uh, I, I'm just surprised that he's listed that low. I'm with you a hundred percent on pure value. That's $20 to $920. Um, yeah. Because if, if Embiid plays average, uh, like if, if, if Embiid is in the finals and is basically just putting up his normal Embiid numbers, you know, the other team's doing a good job of containing him to an extent and Harden comes in and puts up his, you know, basically his MVP caliber numbers from years ago, then who was really more important in that series? It was Harden stepping up and like, should you, should you partially be awarded finals MVP because you've been so bad in other playoff series that the fact that you're playing very well, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, no, I don't think that should necessarily be the case, but again, I, I think, yeah, you just look at the other names that are in that range, you know, it's Mikhail bridges is right. 50 to one and Hargan's 45 to one. Like what is the, yeah. Again, what are the scenarios that you're talking about that would lead to Andrew Wiggins at 55 to yep. one to win finals MVP compared to James Harden? Yeah, I, I think we're both making the same case, which is, would I bet real money on this? No, but relative to everyone else in that range from 20 to one all the way down to 55 to one, Harden is the one guy I think that that really stands out. And, you know, the the odds don't match the name value or the past right. production or what we at least know that he's capable of uh, in the regular season. And, and again, you know, in, in the narrative that we're laying out, Harden is basically doing something that we've never seen him do in the playoffs on the biggest stage, presumably against a really good team, you know, likely the Phoenix suns it's unlikely, but 45 to one, I think in, in terms of value there, there is something there. Um, you know, I think right now, Luca to me is probably a cross off at 30 to one. The, the one thing you could say there is if he is healthy and the Mavericks somehow do make it to the finals, there's no other guy who's getting it. You know, right. he's, he's on that short list of like, there's literally no one else on the team who could get it. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's just, it's a tough time to bet him And mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure his odds would be shorter if we knew he was healthy, but I don't know if they'd be a lot shorter because mm-hmm. like uh, people love Luca and I, I'm sure they eventually 
he'll make it to the finals. I just I, I wouldn't not this year. I, I just yeah. wouldn't not this yeah. year. One that I do kind of like and would consider throwing a little bit of coin on is Bam Adebayo at 30 to one. I think if you, if you really like the heat and we've already spent a decent amount of time laying out how their path uh, could be pretty friendly, at least to the East finals. If you like Miami to get back to the finals, you know, Jimmy Butler's at 18 to one Bam's at 30 to one. I I think it's pretty easy to see a narrative where let's say it's sun's heat and Bam Adebayo, you know, maybe he's not the leading scorer, but he averages like, you know, 18 points, 14 rebounds, you know, has a couple big time defensive plays, much like he did in that final series against the Lakers before he got hurt. Like to me, it's kind of, it's kind of easy to see that narrative evolving of, yeah, Jimmy Butler's the best player. He's the heart and soul, but Bam Adebayo is actually the most important player. Yes. I think, I mean, hero at 35 to one's a little intriguing as well. I mean, I'd rather bet that than Lowry at 40 to one. Um, I think so sometimes it, I, this is kind of interesting to me because this one would be hard to choose between like these three at, at whatever valleys out of bio Butler and hero. But if we're thinking about, if we really think the Suns are making the NBA finals and that the heat are going to go up against the Suns, then I think uh, your, I think out versus Aiton is a kind of a tough matchup in terms of it may be tough for out to really get his numbers and I don't think he's going to get credit for like slowing down DeAndre Ayton. Well, on the other hand, if Jimmy Butler slows down Devin Booker and also puts up very good numbers, he's going to get a ton of credit. Like, oh, he stopped Devin Booker, the best player on the Suns. Um, so yeah. that's almost like the Igadala argument. Exactly. Um, so I think I think Adebayo is. I mean, thirty to one odds. I can't really argue against like that, but. If we're if we're talking about like for sure the Suns are in the finals, then I think I would actually I would have to go with Jimmy Butler still at eighteen to one. All right, so let's finish out with some picks. Uh, we'll, we'll try to update our our finals picks as much as we can, you know, weekly or biweekly or maybe series by series. But as we stand right now, you know, play in games have not yet commenced. Uh, but knowing what we know, who is your current finals matchup? Uh, I'm gonna go Phoenix Milwaukee. It's pretty chalk. Okay. Um, yeah, that's where I'm going. I I was pretty high on on Philly after the trade, but it just it's it hasn't been where I thought it would be. And I knew I knew Harden may have not be 100 percent or he wasn't playing necessarily that well. Uh, I just thought it, they would he would kind of snap out of it a little bit more. And so for a while I had Phoenix Philly, but now I I just don't believe don't believe mm-hmm. in that anymore. Yeah, I wish I had like a, a super hot take to throw out here, but I'm with you. I'm going Phoenix Milwaukee as well. I I continue to think that Milwaukee is the safest bet in the Eastern Conference. I think there there's a case to be made that in in any singular series, you know, Brooklyn, Miami, Boston, maybe even Philly, if they play as well as they can, um, and the Bucks play as well as they can, there's maybe other teams that have a slightly higher ceiling. But I, I think if you play out each of those series like a hundred times, Milwaukee wins each of them the most often. So to me, that's what right. makes them the safest. Um, I, I don't know if you caught that article by Eric name of the athletic on drew holidays defense uh, last night. I, I read it before bed and it took me a long time. Cause there's, there's these like really detailed videos. Um, right. He actually sat down with drew holiday and had him like walk him through how he plays defense. And like, I I'm like more sold than ever now on, on drew holiday <laughs> locking up everybody throughout the playoffs. So I am with you on Bucks Suns. Uh, and then let's, let's pick these playing games. And you know, one of them yeah. uh, Cavs nets is going to start in like an hour and a half. So we'll do this for posterity, but um well, we'll just go straight up. Cavs, Nets. Don't worry about the spread. Nets. Nets. Okay. I'm with you on that. I think the Cavs actually keep it close. I think this is going to be a game well into the second half. But uh, as we've seen the Nets do a few times lately, you know, the, they, they were tied with the Pacers, or actually trailing the Pacers, I think, late in the third quarter the other day and, and ended up winning that one fairly easily. I, I think we kind of see that uh, type of game flow. Uh, and then the later game tonight, Clippers at Timberwolves. And keep in mind, the Clippers will not have Luke Kennard for this game. He did not travel to Minnesota. <laughs> I think I'm actually taking the Clippers here. Um, it's the Ty Lue coaching thing. I think he's. Yep. I think. I think when you're when you're if you're talking about like if you're the Clippers, you know exactly what the Wolves are going to do. A hundred percent. You know exactly like the game plan for them, what they're going to do on offense and defense. Mm-hmm. If you're Minnesota, you have no idea what you're go- you're about to see from Ty Lue and the Clippers, who have Paul George back. And I think in a one game, 
scenario with teams that are pretty close to even, mm-hmm. I would just rather take the wild card. The, the team where it's like they're going to come out and try something that the other team's never seen yep. and only has a quarter. They have a quarter or a half to adjust to, basically. Yeah, I, I, I'm on the Clippers as well. I, I put that yeah. in our in our best bets, I believe, earlier today. Um, and it, it says a lot to me that Minnesota is at home for this game. I, I think it's I don't think it's a hot take to say Minnesota's the more talented team, even if the Clippers maybe have the best player uh, in a healthy Paul George. But T-Wolves minus three. I mean, that's that's essentially close to a pick em, you know, on a, on a neutral court. Uh, so I think there is some momentum in favor of the Clippers in this game. I, I think Chris Finch is a good coach, but I think Ty Lue is bordering on great coach in terms of strategy. Uh, and despite, I think, Minnesota having the better roster, I, I'm with you. I think the Clippers are probably the safest choice. I would actually make a similar argument to the one I just made uh, in favor of Milwaukee, where like, if Minnesota plays its best and the Clippers play their best, I think Minnesota wins because of the weapons that they have. But you know, Anthony Edwards, is at this point, it's like he'll play amazing one out of four games. And another one out of those four, he's going to be really bad. You can kind of say the same thing about D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, super, uh, super streaky. Like there's a lot of those guys that you like individually, but the consistency just hasn't been there. Um, and, and, you know, not that either of these teams have like a decorated uh, playoff pedigree to fall back on, but it, it just feels like to me, like the Clippers are the more, the more veteran team, the team that I, I feel more comfortable saying that they'll have a competent game tonight. Whereas there's a lower floor with Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota's a team where it's like, if you're going to bet Minnesota to win, you may as well just bet Anthony Edwards to also have 30 points and yes. just parlay that. Right. I mean, just the, the way that they've played offense. I mean, they're they're what, the number one offense in the league, I think, since New Year's Day. Uh, yeah. they, they've kind of turned into, like, the new Hornets in some ways, and they're they're a little bit better uh, defensively than, than Charlotte is. But they want to win games 137 to 129. And, you know, I, I think the Clippers want to do the exact opposite. So it's going to be a really interesting contrast in styles. 100%. All right, man. Looking forward to watching these games. We're about a, exactly an hour and a half away from Cavs-Nets. That's going to be a fun one. And then again, Clippers-Timberwolves tonight. Uh, we got Hornets and Hawks on Wednesday. Spurs and Pelicans, the late game on Wednesday. We will be back later this week to recap those games and, you know, hopefully have a, a little better feel for how this field is taking shape. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.